When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we have the man who got the one and only Gilbert Arenas on track to become a pro. The pride of Grant High School himself, Coach Howie Levine. With over 30 years and 500 plus wins under his belt, Coach Levine's legacy was as a true teacher of the game. As intense as he was when the game tipped off, Coach was dedicated to making his players reach their dreams above all. For Gil, Coach Levine recognized just what made him a truly special player. Beyond the physical gifts, which Coach was amazed by Gil's feet and his fingertips, Coach Levine recognized Gil's real greatness was his natural ability to break the game down to its angles and how he could solve problems that teams threw at him. The math of it. The result, an unguardable force and a basketball IQ that was off the charts. It's a No Chill podcast with Gil's coach, Howie Levine. Remember, you can get every episode as soon as they drop on the Himalaya app, wherever you get your podcasts. Catch the video version on the No Chill YouTube channel. And don't forget, every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, catch No Chill with Gilbert Arenas on the Fubo Sports Network. Welcome to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Right over there. We're excited for this one, Gil. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas. We're excited because... We have, He's Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> right, and you are... Howie I am, I'm Howie The man Levine. that knew you when you were that kid dripping the ball in the bag down the street with the braces on. We've seen photos. Yeah, We've heard yeah. stories. I don't know if you noticed, I wore my Grant Orange today. That explains this. I don't have a lot of that. Well, I was afraid. <laughs> the best I could do. I come in with the mask, right? right with the, uh, and I have a blue one, and I didn't want to wear the blue one <laughs> in North Hollywood. So, so I, I, I better stay away from the blue one. Today. And I was hoping Gil usually wears a, a, a game worn jersey from another player. I was hoping we get the high school no, jersey. I had I don't a, know no, I had my uh, Letterman's jacket, mm. but it's um, getting framed. Do so you like, do ah. you still have your sweatshirts? Yeah, three years. Yeah. We all keep the <laughs> I figured there'd be something. In the, in we the all archives. keep the <laughs> But this is great. This is great to have you. We've talked about this for a while. Um, you know, the idea is we're going down. We're going in the in the time machine. So, but but before we get to the the priceless young Gilbert stories, we want to know your story. So My, let's, let's take it all the way back I there. How did how did you get your start in coaching? First of all, I. I started playing ball uh, maybe when I was seven. No, actually when I was five years old. Gilbert, you'll, you'll love this story. And I probably told Gilbert the story. I have a twin, twin brother I'm very close to, Fred. But Freddie could put the ball in the hoop in our uh, front yard uh, garage, uh, uh, the, the hoop that's on top of our garage in Canoga Park. It's still there in the house that we <laughs> use. And then Freddie could put the ball in. And I was jealous of my brother. So five or six years old, I spent, I think, two hours out there pushing the ball up, pushing the ball up, where I was <laughs> consistent to make a layup, like, like a regular person, mm-hmm. because my brother can do it. And I found out at that age that I actually had something inside that I could push and I could actually get better. 
And then I watched, I was heavily involved. I said uh, with the Lakers and Elgin Baylor, I loved and Jerry West, I loved. And, and I want to play basketball. And I'm fairly decent for a, a little white Jewish kid here uh, in the Valley. I, I wanted to play ball. And so I was gathering all this inner knowledge. And by the time I was in high school, um, there were times that I'd say, hey, you know, I think I know more than our coach. I, th- I know more about defense. I have an, I have, I, 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 there are certain things that I was doing defensively. I said, gee, I don't, where did I get that? How do I get this idea? I, said, I think I want to coach, especially since I was figuring out that I couldn't really play <laughs> that well against really good players. I, I wasn't that good. Yeah, but I think I want to coach. And that's, that's how I got started. And uh, Coach McKee, you remember Coach mm-hmm. McKee, the coach before us, before me, uh, I think we had it figured when I was in 11th grade that I was going to take his spot sooner or later when I was ready to coach uh, high school basketball. So before you got there at Grant, I'm thinking of back to that timeline. This was in L.A. when you had the Lakers were Jerry West and Elgin it, Baylor. Well, I love Jerry West. I love Jerry West. But it was Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor. Mm-hmm. In fact, he was a lot like Baylor in his own way. You know, playing kind of like a point forward Mm -hmm. a lot and being an all-around type of ball player with magnificent fingertips that he he has. Look at these. He he, he (laughs) not only could have been, not only was he a great basketball player and he could have been great in any sport, probably could have played piano with those fingers. Fingertips. Fingertips. Never really heard that one before. You're saying Look for release? These. No, 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 but the, the advantage for people. Oh, people yeah. always look at your hand size, right? One of the great things about a great basketball player is fingertips. And Gilbert had the best fingertips I've ever seen. There you go. As a, as a high school player. For all you scouts out there, look at fingertips. <laughs> no. But that's really important. And, and comparing guys of that era to how you got in, involved with the game going forward. Meanwhile, you also had, let's not forget, the Wizard of Westwood in the dynasty that UCLA had. Oh, yeah. I mean, Coach Wooden was a huge influence on all of us. Uh, and he was, and I knew him. I was honored to know him. Uh, we, we did a couple of camps together, early camps together, and it was always a joy to be with him. But I was also very influenced at the time by Bobby Knight, Lute Olson when he was in, in before he was at Arizona, the, uh, the stuff by Lute Olson. I was influenced by... Uh, Tarkanian was also influenced by Pete Cassidy at Northridge and all my other previous coaches, Coach McKee at, uh, in high school, all my coaches, all my coaches, my lower division coaches, I was heavily influenced by, by, by everybody. So all of these influences basically plant the seed and then you're at Grant. So what was the program like when you entered? Well, the program was solid because of Coach McKee, but he, uh, we had a couple of losing seasons uh, before he had retired. And they, they bring me in as lower division coach and I'm starting my teaching career. And uh, uh, my lower division teams did very well. Two years of, of really outstanding basketball. I had great kids, tremendous kids. And, um, uh, and we were running a system that was a little bit different than Coach McKee's system. And it was a, it was a more of a modern type of system. And uh, uh, Coach McKee had uh, gone on to other things in his life and he, the other things that were important in his life. And uh, uh, the people at Grant said, hey, it's, it's yours. 
And uh, I had incredibly lucky for the 31 years that I had just tremendous kids. So this all sounds really good, Gil. And uh, really it's a it's very important part of your story, coach. But I wanna hear your style as a coach from one of your players. So how would you describe coach's approach? Let me see it. I want <laughs> yeah, to hear yeah, Gilbert yeah. do it, and I can disagree <laughs> or agree. <laughs> um, what's so funny is the Bobby Knight, you had the Bobby Knight on the side. You know, if you didn't like something, the chair got kicked, we got yelled at. But as for the playing style, it was it was like today's. It was very up-tempo. It was fast-paced, especially for, you know, you know, 90, 96, 97, 98, when everyone is running like big man offense, um, walk the ball down. I remember you had the lobby, was it after my sophomore year, you had the lobby for a shot clock. Cause you was like, this game is too slow without a shot clock. They're just playing five, four out, four quarters. That's not how the game's supposed to be played. Give us a shot clock. <laughs> You know, which which all the Valley kids loved because it actually sped the game up. So it was like, you know, it was my first time being introduced to, I need to really be in shape. You know, no shot clock. That means there's more possessions and we get to sit here and go like this. I didn't do it consciously for Gilbert. Don't, don't get your hopes <laughs> up. I didn't. I, I, you know, it, was just, it was just a more fun type of game to play. Mm-hmm. And, and, I can, and I realized that the system... We could bend the system to the personnel that we were getting. Uh, and it's different personnel that we get year in and year out, especially in those days. We can bend the system to a quicker team, to a slower team, to a team with a, a, a superb player. Uh, so we can move parts but still run the same type of stuff. And uh, it, I just felt that the open court, for me as a ball player, it was more fun for me to play. And it had to be more fun for the ball players. Uh, I just felt it was much more enjoyable. So how does that relate to your philosophy? Was it something that you, as a coach, you were adaptable to the talent and you wanted to have, you, they call that a player first coach? I don't know, I don't, in those, in my early years, I never wanted to forget about the way it was when I played. I never, I, I always felt that it was important to understand a 15, 16 year old and understand where I was. And I think I had that all the way through, but as the years went on and I got older, it was starting to become more separate. And, uh, it, but I never, I, in, the, in Gilbert's days, I, I still had the feeling of a player. And what what are the players thinking about? And uh, I think that helped. I, I, I think that helped a lot. Uh, so I don't know if I was a players coach. What I, I do know that our players had fun. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that I, most of the players had a lot of fun. We have a lot of good feelings for each other, even to this day. I mean, our alumni games are something special. My players are something special. Uh, I have great love for all the players, and I think that they love the program, and they felt they feel really happy and proud of of, uh, of being in a, in that kind of a program. 
I don't say Gil for you, you were fortunate at that point. You started out with a coach like this, you know, in high school level. And then obviously over the years, you played for yeah, a number you know, of coaches. When, when people ask me about my career, I said, you know, I was fortunate. I was, I was very lucky to, to have coaches that actually understood my talent and just let me play versus trying to make me fit into a system. You know, and, and a lot of players can't say that. So I said from high school to Lute Olsen to my first year in the NBA, it was like, it was like I went into the right coaching system every single year. But it all started there where I, I knew how to, to adapt to the system. You know, I had to understand what the coach wanted, you know, what, you know, I had to bring to the table and well, make think, sure it didn't clash. I think your father had a lot to do with that because your father was a, a college athlete and your father understood what it was like to be a player and what you have to do to acclimate yourself to a team mm -hmm. and to a coach. But, uh, you know, he, he had this, this, this great sense of the game and he didn't know it. He didn't know about it. Uh, I love to tell the story when we first actually met. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're going to move into the district and it's just after his ninth grade year. And I, I remember... You know, we probably bumped elbows or so, something that when you played JV Bobber. Like I told you earlier, he's, he's only about a half an inch taller than me, so he's not that big yet. And, uh, but man, as soon as we got him into scrimmage, I see this lateral movement that I've never seen from a high school kid before. And he's, what are you, 14 years old? Mm -hmm. And uh, I've never seen this lateral movement. This lateral movement was what I saw from... Uh, uh, from Baylor, from from uh, from the great NBA players and that I grew up with, or, or the great baseball players that I saw, uh, the, the shortstops, the center field. I've never seen this lateral movement on a high school level. So, you know, he's pretty impressive. And it, so, after the hour workout or so, you know, I take yeah, Gilbert, come talk to me. So your father was still in the gym mm -hmm. and we closed the door and it was right in front of the weight room in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, Gil, I've, I'll never, I don't think I'll ever say this to another ball player, uh, but I think you got a chance. So Gil's looking at me, <laughs> <laughs> what? And he's like, what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, you never met me before. And he <laughs> says, what the heck is this guy? I said, Gil, if you work at it, if you put the time into it that I put in to become an average player, you've got a real chance to become a major player, not only here or in the Valley, but you got a chance to make a living at this thing. So he's looking at me like, Jesus. You, you, your, your eyes are so bugged out, I thought I was going to have to pick up an eyeball. <laughs> so, you know, that's where it started. And it was in that hallway. And, uh, uh, and then, obviously, Gil made some sort of decision. He says, well, maybe he's right. Maybe if I work at this thing and maybe if I really put the time into it, I, I've, I've got something. And from that point on, he did. It was the 96 Olympics. It was the 96 Olympics that really changed so my life. So it was that summer. It was, it was, it was, it was a, the spring workouts were June. Mm-hmm. Late May, June. So the Olympics were later on, maybe in July. Yeah. So yeah, we're so what ends up happening is because you know I, I was running track also. Yeah. 
So I was running track, so I ran the 400. That was my, that was my event. The Megalodon here that I knew was a kid named uh, Obi, Obi Moore. He, was in, he went to John Muir. So he was a junior. He was a junior or senior. I think it was, it was his junior or senior. So, you know, a high school kid in Olympus going against um, Michael Johnson. So, you know, we're all glued. Michael Johnson come out with the old, the gold, the gold shoes. shoes. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. nobody cares about the gold shoes. Come on, Obi, come on. And then, you know, he didn't place. He didn't place. So, you know, you know, when I had practice the next day, uh, or a couple of days later for track, I'm like, yeah, so what happens to, to Obi now? And it's like, uh, yeah, you know, he has to train, you know, four more years, you know, before the next Olympic. Four more years before he gets another shot at the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to do this sport anymore. So I quit the track team and just said, I'm just gonna just focus on basketball and basketball only. And then that's when I'm just like, it's all basketball for now. I didn't know this. Immediate, immediate gratification. That makes <laughs> a lot like of no sense. More shit. And that's why I quit the track team. I was like, ah. But even that, the, the, not to, the, before you get to that, I'm thinking of that time where you, where you had this meeting and this conversation after the workout. There were years and all the hours that you had put into working on your game. No, I mean, it was it was recreational. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was fun, you know, something to mm-hmm. do. Um, Gilbert and, got to the point which all all of us do. You did too, when you played ball. I'm sure you did. Um, where the hard work was the fun. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed it. It he wasn't en- work, actually. He enjoyed shooting mm-hmm. 300 times a day. Mm-hmm. He enjoyed making up these shooting games on his own that we all did. He, he, and, and, and maybe that's the type of thing that I kind of pushed on to Gilbert when we used to do all those shooting mm-hmm. stuff on Saturday mornings yeah. and things like Saturday that. Saturday mornings. You know, maybe, maybe that was something that I was able to press upon Gilbert. And, and, but that, that was enjoyable. It was enjoyable to me. I found, my own, I found my own little world shooting in my backyard. And, and we all did. And that's how you that's how you do become good. And somebody who's with God-given talent can become great shooting 300, 400 shots a day, uh, 100 free throws a day. And, and, and uh, if you miss one, you have to make 10 in a row. If you miss one, you got to go back to, you know, those kinds of things. Or, or shooting 20 footers from six different spots around, uh, around the, uh, the circle. So... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's hard work, but it's uh, it's fun. It's fun for Gilbert. It's fun for Gilbert now. I know it is. <laughs> I know it is. You know, he, he might get frustrated a little bit that, okay, I can't, gee, I can't do this. But but it's fun for him still to go out in the backyard and, and shoot it and, and shoot it a hundred times. It, it's, a, it's, it's his own little world. So uh, he found that early. And uh, he was able to really uh, use that to his great, great advantage. Talking about his track, you know, he was not interested in track anymore. And the, and, and the school would try to get you out for track. And he did no, no, for no, a couple of years. They were trying to get him out for football. Well, not football, but they had you running for <laughs> track, too. To so he never had shoes. And we... We would, we would have to run the mile. And yeah. the varsity guys had to run the mile in six minutes. <laughs> yeah. Gilbert's running 
under five minute miles. He ran five, five, four fifty yeah. in shoes like this on a slippery track. Yeah, slippery in track. shoes like this, and, that, and that, he ran it in four fifty. <laughs> Wait, oh coach, I want to get God. to that point because because you also saw this on the basketball court, the shoe, the shoe. Oh, the, well, scenario. you can play in any shoes. Exactly. I, I was scared. Yeah. Is that where it started? Was actually, on the I track? was scared to death when he would come out with the uh, low cut shoes with no real good soul. I was scared that oh, this guy's gonna bust Which up his ankle. ankle. Yeah. Because if you said I can run a mile in under five minutes in anything, I can play ball in anything. Well, it was the boy and him, but yeah. he, I'm looking at this this kid running a 450 mile in these kinds of shoes. Mm-hmm. If he had spikes on and he really got into track shape, he's busting four minutes. <laughs> but yeah, he, glad he was just he was in shape for basketball. <laughs> so I was in shape for basketball. But what we're saying here too is that kid we just talked about, the kid with the imagination. And I think when you guys got together, you had the work ethic, the imagination, like we said, the intelligence. We needed a coach to bring that all together. You yeah, hadn't you, had you that before. You gotta remember at that time, you know, I just came from Birmingham, didn't play. Um, you know, in the AAU circuit that I did play in, you know, I wasn't the best player. Um, so when he says you're going to be an NBA player, and I'm looking at all the players that was better than me, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah, David Redman. Like I'm coming from David a Red. You, you mentioned David Redman, and I well, Gilbert's a better. He's better because he's got. He is more attentive than than a David Redman. He he has better work habits. Uh, but David was a great, great basketball player yeah. from the Valley. Yeah, that's we had all these guys. And I felt, that, I felt that Gilbert had a chance to be a lot better. Yeah, I just didn't know. You know, you just like you hear it, like you're going to be an NBA player. It's like, I never heard that before. Like, you know, we all dream of it, but a, a coach telling me that. So it's like, you know, you go home, sitting on a video game, trying to process what you just heard. And then it's like, well, how, how, what do I do to get there? How do I do it? What, what is the, you know, so it's like Saturday morning, where are you? Where do I supposed to be? Uh, the gym is open. <laughs> now I gotta <laughs> run down the street, get in the gym early Saturday morning. You know, you know, working out. And what I what I thought was normal wasn't actually normal. You know, kids wasn't in a gym at nutrition. Kids wasn't in the gym at lunch. The coach didn't open the gym for them. You know, to get in there. The coach didn't open the gym up on a Saturday. You know, so me. Thinking that was normal. You know where that came from, Gil? Um, Eric Brown, when he was playing for us, Eric came to me as a 10th grader. He says, Coach, get me, uh, can I get in the gym? I want to, let's open up the gym for all of us. So that's when we, that, I really started to uh, open up the gym at, at lunchtime mm-hmm. and at nutrition if you wanted. And uh, uh, the Saturdays, came about when I first started coaching, they closed, we used to play four on four, three on three half court basketball at Grant and all the schools in the Valley on Saturdays and Sundays. You don't, this is way before you. It was youth service time, but it was no full court games. It was all half court games. And you learn a lot about half court basketball. You learn a lot about spacing, natural spacing, you know, 15 to 20 feet away from, you learn about pick and rolls, you got to, or you don't stay on the court. You got to, you're going to win. But they took away all that half-court stuff when I started coaching. They took away all the, all the uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday 
uh, open court games. But when, you know, when we see a savant like Gilbert, who needs that time, so, you know, okay, let's do it. I love basketball and Gilbert loves basketball and we're basketball buddies and we, uh, let's do it. But what I, th I think the most important thing a coach can do, obviously their job is to win games and build a program and win championships, but it's to cultivate the talent. And not a lot of coaches get that. They're just, you know what, show up in shape, show up ready to play, we go out here and win. But it's, it's far beyond that. And I think even something as, it's common sense, but something as, as, as simple as opening the gym providing you those resources. And that's what I said. It's like, I thought it was a norm. I, I, I thought that was normal because it was introduced. Like, all right, nutrition, you can come take 100, you know, free throws. Lunch, you come in here, you get your shots up and, you know, get some training before you got 56. And then, you know, we have basketball practice. So I'm training during school three times a day. Three times a day. Three times a day. So I'm thinking that's normal, not realizing the reason I'm catching all the talent it's because I'm training three times a Don't day. Don't you agree, though, that all ball players of talent need that? Yes. They have to do it now. Yes. They yeah, have to. They, uh, Kobe talked about the work. Mm -hmm. um, Magic Johnson couldn't shoot first couple of years with the Lakers, and he worked at it. He he put in hours in summertime to become a halfway decent uh, spot shooter, yeah. so that <laughs> so that people had to guard him out there, so that now he can use his length and penetrate a little bit and, and become a better ball player. So it's work, but it's happy work. And, it, and it, it's, it's way above just having fun at the park. It's, 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 it's a whole other level of, of, of fun. Uh, but, he, but he worked out of the other aspects of the game too. Uh, it came to him easily. We, uh, he, the defensive uh, fundamentals, it had to be taught. Mm -hmm. Uh, he picked it up right away. His, his positioning on the court was was excellent, but it got to the point where I allowed Gilbert to kind of freelance his senior year much more because I knew he knew what he was doing. You know, we would talk about getting back behind the ball uh, before passes are completed and 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 uh, test to the test to your defender and uh, to your man and and. Wonderful fingertips into a pass. <laughs> fingertips. You know, when I would see that, when he played NBA ball, when I would see Gilbert just dri <laughs> driving his his free foot in there, and you know, he's big stepping into the <laughs> pass lane, and he's sitting there with his fingertips just, you know, I said, oh, God damn it. I, I felt really <laughs> proud of that. Because, but it's not as though we had to, do. generally, that takes two years to really figure it out. He figured it out like the first week. The first week, he figured that kind of stuff out. The first week he figured out, okay, I got to get to here on the weak side when the ball's being passed. He figured that kind of stuff out. Yeah, I mean, wonderful. but Gil, for you, it's almost hard to explain that. It's just natural. The way that I've seen you watch games and the way you look at things. Um, I was watching the, the playoff but, but if you can see the teacher, you, you know, you can see how the... Uh, how he's processing it, same way how I was processing it. Uh -huh. You know, trying to figure out what he's trying to get me to see, so I got to hurry it up. would and... take us, <laughs> would take me years to figure it out. And I figured it out a lot on my own. It took him a couple of days, and he didn't know it. It's a, uh, we'd teach a certain angle to the hoop, okay? And it's a matter of inches on that block. Mm -hmm. If you're on the inside of the block, and you shoot even a wild layup, you're gonna make 60, 
If you're on the outside, just a half an inch on the outside of the block, all of a sudden you lose your angle. And in, instead of shooting 65% on that little layup or that little five-footer, you're shooting 45%. He understood that right away. His geometry, Gilbert's geometry on the court is incredible. It's absolutely inc- And, you know, you probably never got more than a C in a geometry class, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Right, yeah. but you know they always. <laughs> That's say, another part we, of the story for another need? time. What do you, you know, he always gets things. What do you need geometry for? You know, I'm never going to use this. And I, <laughs> yeah, I would mention in my later my years at Grant said, "You don't? Are you kidding me? That our our greatest basketball player was the greatest per, person concerning geometry. His angles, he had an intuitive sense of all the different." Theorems that you had to learn <laughs> yeah. in geometry, and and he'd create that on the basketball court on the fly. I nobody does that. Nobody yeah, so has basketball. Ever done you should have been on the honor roll right there. Well, but, he if he would have applied himself in that yeah, direction, I, he would have. Yeah. What was so funny is my math teacher was like, "Why don't you just use what you do with basketball here?" <laughs> and I was like, ah, "I can use this over there." Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> it's getting used. At you the know end what? Of the day, it's being good. used though. And you know what? In in reality, you were way above that. I know. Way beyond that. And you were actually using it a thousand times a day. And that's what I think that that problem-solving skill actually is a great attribute for a player to have. It's almost like, we'll hand you this Rubik's Cube. I can't tell you how you're going to do it, but you're just going to solve this. So what you were saying was that kid with the great lateral movement and the fingertips again, it wasn't that you were dunking on people, jumping over people. You had to find these angles and these advantages and look at the game that way. That was probably the, the greatest part of it. Yeah, but he, he, when he realized that he can do that and he can do it fairly easily, I don't know if there was a moment in those early years where I said, Jesus, that was pretty good. But I, I, there was a moment for me in summer in 11th grade when you drove baseline. And you were already about 6'2", so you had grown. You drove baseline and you rose uh, and with power. And, and, and quickness. And I said, oh, my God. Okay. He, he's now. And he's, he's found it. He's found that. And so for me, there was a moment in summer. And I said, geez, this, this is not the same kid a year ago. But it's, it, it was there. The potential was there. And now it's just uh, we, can, we can go with this. As a coach, how did you work with that to where you're like, all right, I really have something that I have to harness? And it, it, there's pressure on you in that sense because you're like, I have to maximize this talent. Well, uh, if you remember in 10th grade, we, we had to get rid of a couple of ballplayers. <laughs> uh, we had some personnel problems. We're not, I had, I had great, great kids through my 31 years, but not everyone was a perfect kid. And, uh, we were going to be okay with what we had. We were going to be a pretty good team, I think, if we had everybody. But we had to get rid of our big man. who turned. He's a good guy. He was a good guy, good player. But he was doing things that he ought not to do, and I had to, we had to move him out. And we had to get rid of another guard who, uh, an, an, a good player, would have been a great wingman for yeah, you. yeah. And uh, a, a good guy now. He's a good guy. Uh, but he was, uh, I felt he was freezing Gilbert out. And I had to look at the future. And I <laughs> said, well, this is Gilbert's game. This is not, 
we have to we have to let this guy develop, and we have to let this guy play point guard and let him uh, learn this game for the long run, and and that's what happened. And then that, yeah. <clears throat> and so we didn't play. We didn't have a very good year. Seven but, games. But hmm. his uh, his last ten games, so we saw what we had, and uh, that. Uh, but we had to do that. So yeah, you can say that. Yeah, I built it around Gilbert. Of course, I would be stupid not to. So we would have Gilbert at point, and then when we developed other point guards like Rashad, Rashad, you know, Rashad was great. We were able to move Gilbert into the uh, wing or the two man or the three man, and have Gilbert play more of a point forward, almost like the way Kawhi plays now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if Gilbert was going to take the ball down the court, he'll be the point but he'll take it down his side and everything still is going to surround uh, uh, Gilbert's uh, play. I mean, I want to mention this before we're done today, make sure that everybody knows that Gilbert was an ultimate team player. There was never a moment where he was beloved by his teammates because, you know, he was very friendly uh, uh, and he was always cheering for his teammates. And he was always, you would, you would give the ball up to your teammates readily. And there were times, we're getting triple teamed. Gilbert's, his senior year, he was getting triple teamed. And so he got bottled up pretty good, but he was never complaining. And he was always, uh, always on his teammates' side. You were the first one when we had a blowout and uh, we had to take you out. Mm-hmm. But you were the first one cheering all the other guys on and pushing the other guys. So he's a great teammate, great, great to, to have as a buddy on the team. And, and that, that's the way it was. And all the other guys feel that. They feel it today. It was so funny. Even, even NBA players, my teammates, it's like, and I, I remember when they used to write articles, bad teammate. And I was like, you can't even find two teammates that ever say that in life. You know, because, you know, as much as I trained, you know, with my teammates, you know, you don't complain about my shots. I'm not going to complain about your shots. If you want to throw it up from half court, that's what you do. You know what I mean? We're, but we're in this battle together. So it's like one of those things where I'm not going to get down on a teammate, not for shooting. I'm going to get mad that you didn't shoot the ball because yeah, if you're not shooting the ball and they're doubling me, it, it works. You know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, I don't know if Gilbert kind of realized this, that how much better he was than everybody else. And, you know, we were pretty good and we had great guys. We were pretty good, but we had deficiencies on the court. We didn't have, uh, and and because Gilbert was so much better than everybody else that, yeah, he would get doubled and triple teamed constantly, certainly as a senior in league play. And sometimes we did not have the firepower in the other spots to combat that, but he didn't complain. He never, never once did he, did he complain about that. What he did was encourage. And it was a kind of a thing that I, that I kind of learned from Gilbert. Well, I can't complain. If he's not complaining, I have to encourage as a coach. So now what Gilbert was actually doing was uh, uh, developing his coaching skills, <laughs> which... Remember a couple of years ago uh, when uh, you, were, you came to the gym and 
you, know, you kind of put on a clinic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and talking about things for a couple of hours and about, I said, you know, Gil, you can be a, you can be a pretty damn good coach. You can, you can, that seems you to be a reoccurring it. theme. We've heard know, that from right? a lot of people. I mean, just, just saying. But, you know, the other thing you said there, coaches, is important, and I don't know that players really can identify, but in high school, you're, fi- you're, you're still figuring yourself out. So we know that you were ultra confident, but there were times where, where you, you're still, you still want to see how this is going to work. So if we're going to take on, who was the biggest school at the time, Fairfax, Crenshaw? Don't know. Uh, it's certainly Crenshaw. In the city, in the city, uh, Westchester. Oh, you know, the these city. were Westchester. So his senior, court, his senior year. Westchester up. had a. It was an NBA type of team. Yeah, they had with Lou. It was a uh, Lou Wright there. Um, that was Lorenzo. Uh, yeah, Lorenzo they, they, they had they, they had they had they had NBA type of players. So, so as, we couldn't compete. As a as a coach, you're like you're knowing that's that's an uphill battle. But as a player, once the ball goes up, you're you have to be locked in and super confident. But yeah, you, before you, that, what do you think? You know, you got to remember we're a Valley team. So at that time, you know, <laughs> we are the step the 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 stepchild the stepchild <laughs> to you know if you know that's NBA talent in LA. We're high school talent. Who was our tallest player? Krishna. Krishna, six, six, five. Four, six five. And, and they're and, and they've got they've they've got foot? six six eight <laughs> six nine six ten front lines. Both Westchester Crenshaw. Crenshaw, Crenshaw had seven footers. So and, and we and we my teams went up against Crenshaw a couple of times in 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 those years. And uh, but uh, but you're right. It, it was a uphill climb. But you know, we did it. You know, it's like you know, it's, it would would put up a fight. Would put up a fight. Uh, that was, but that was the whole goal. It's like you know, yeah, we we probably can't beat them. We're not gonna let them know that. But, but we're uh, gonna just we're gonna just fight them. But he, but Gilbert had good games. Uh, you were being doubled by Westchester a little bit. <laughs> he had long arms, long these long arms that he never saw <laughs> yeah. in the valley. So that was different, and uh, that hurt your shooting a little bit. But the Crenshaw game in your 11th grade year, mm-hmm. which was, uh, Gilbert put in an unbelievable show. I mean, we couldn't really compete with that kind of a team, but man, he could, and he was, you were doubled that, t- that yeah, game. The, yeah, this is, <laughs> and it was he, one of those and teams he, that- and he put would, on a he put on a, a show. They pride themselves on pressing, Mm-hmm. Man to man, and you know they're the number one team. And was they the number one team in the country at that point? Yeah. Well, the, the, Crenshaw was number one, and next year Westchester was number yeah. one in the country. Yeah. So you know you're going up against them, and then they're doubling a guy from the valley, which was more. <laughs> it said a lot because just like, well, why are you doubling the valley kid, and it's just by himself, you know? So it kind of really helped with the confidence, you know, going forward. And then from there, it was just training and getting ready because if that's just one team imagine what else is out there but how do you handle that as a coach because meanwhile you're like you just said we can't really compete with them on that level but individually i'm happy for my player i'm still really frustrated (laughs) (laughs) i am i am because you know the the crenshaw game um we're giving up way too many points you know, we, we, got, we got a guy who's going to score 40 points, but we're giving up way too points, and we can't board. We can't board with these guys. You know, how are we going to keep these guys off the glass? And I'm still, oh, sure. There are times 
Not that it happens all the time, but there are times I would wake up in the five o'clock in the morning and say, damn it, we got a board. Yeah, yeah. And Wes says, damn it, come on, let's break the press and get, get Arenas out in the open court where, where he can do damage against everybody. But you know, a, again, you know, we were a bit in, a, in over it. We deserve to be there, but in a little bit over our heads. And, uh, uh, but it doesn't take away from the accomplishments of those teams because we did well in our own in our own little bubble we did very well and we had a lot of fun and we had a lot of big games out here a lot of i mean when senior year when everybody's coming to watch him and we're filling up high school gyms mm -hmm. you know because he's putting on this great show yet he's being very humble about things uh but he's putting on this great show and he's doing things out on the court all right gil let's take a break to talk about our good friends at Manscaped. You know, live sports are back in its finals time. And when it comes to the finals, we got the Lakers and of course we got the Heat. But you want to be finals ready. You want to step your game up. You want to be fresh. You want to be clean. You want to be finals groomed. That's why we partnered with Manscaped because we want to make sure that you're all fresh and clean for the finals. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. You know, at No Chill, we got to thinking, guys, grow their playoff beards or shave their heads. What else do they groom? And what do they groom down there? Or do they let that just grow? Think about that for a second while we talk about the Lawnmower 3.0. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Their Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, its waterproof cordless body trimmer and its performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for when you're done quarantining, of course. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your balls sticking to your leg. That would be bad. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls, of course. It's made with soothing aloe and hazel extracts, which give your balls just that mm, extra boost. So all this being said, get fresh. Get finals ready, and we got something for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code NOCHILL20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code NOCHILL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code NOCHILL20. Take your grooming game to the next level. All right, let's also talk about our friends at Mint Mobile. Breaking up with your old wireless phone provider just got a whole lot easier thanks to Mint Mobile. They were the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, and now Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. Let that sink in. An unlimited plan for 30 bucks. How much is your soon-to-be X wireless provider charging you? You know, at No Chill, we did the numbers, and we found out that Mint Mobile saves us over half, over half on an unlimited wireless plan. So guess what? 
or Team Mint Mobile now, baby. For people that hate their phone bill and are ready to cut ties with big wireless, Mint Mobile offers their premium unlimited plan for just 30 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes on significant savings to you. All plans come with an unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Break up with Big Wireless and switch to Mint Mobile's premium unlimited data plan for 30 bucks a month. So here's what you do. To go get your unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash nochill. That's right. Get it shipped to your door with the SIM card for free. All you got to do, go to mintmobile.com slash nochill. Cut your unlimited wireless bill to 30 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash nochill. I want to mention this. There's so many things I can mention. Gilbert was the first one in the Valley that I can think of, Gil, that was did the, the, the Euro step that I thought was walking. Well, where'd you get that? I don't know. I don't know where he got it. <laughs> he was the first one. He did things his junior year and his senior year that referees didn't understand in those days. Mm-hmm. And they would call traveling. And, and, and I said, that's not traveling. <laughs> Let's figure this out. That's not traveling. <laughs> it's it's this not thing. traveling. <laughs> it's this and this. <laughs> It's two it, steps. It, it, you just haven't seen it before. That's traveling. You haven't seen it. You haven't seen this is this is the new basketball, and he was at the forefront of that. And so they would call stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he would get called for traveling a couple of times a year because of that. And probably we could have added a couple more points to your total <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. they took away stuff because <laughs> because they don't call that anymore. Not at all. It's. And the NBA guys do it all the time. And it was was so funny. It's it's Valley College. So you know, I, you know, Valley College played one, Monday, Wednesdays, and a little bit on Fridays. But it's like all the adults. So it's like back then it was adults and a lot of overseas guys. So you know, rarely high school guys. So like my freshman sophomore year, I wasn't allowed. They wasn't picking me up. My junior year, a little bit, my senior year, I was basically first pick. So, you know, you're playing now like the top high school kids from, you know, everywhere come. So watching, you know, just watching there, you're watching all the overseas guy. And that's where, you know, you got the guys who's posting up, shooting from here. And I was like, oh, I got to add that to my game. So, <laughs> so, so you're saying that you would see something and, and, and this fits. You would see something and you will immediately absorb it. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. And you it. could Panama, you could do it, right? You could you could copy it and do it right away. Yeah, you gotta remember, there's no reference at the time. So we don't have trainers, you know, we don't have trainers, it's, so it's all visual. So it's, you know, get the, back then the VHS, you get um, NBA All-Star Jam, you know, $5, and you watch the, what the NBA players are doing. And then from there, you just go to adult leagues, and, you know, I'm watching all these, go to Venice Beach watching those guys, and then Valley College, and you're watching, you know, just the older guys overseas. At that time, you know, to me, they're old. But, you know, then thinking about it, 21, 22, 23, and you got the big man sitting here with the Larry Bird. You know, the guy has his hands down, and he's like, and then shooting from here, I'm like, 
So he's you know, you absorbing. Who- some of these guys probably played Europe ball mm-hmm. and, and, and brought some of that. To, so, but he's absorbing it. And he says, you know, hey, I can do this. But he can do it right away. I remember the first step back we did, it was, it was on the left side. You drove, because sometimes it's easier to go half at mm-hmm. what we call half-ass to the other side. It's to the other side, off, off your, uh, it's your left side if you're right hand. So he's driving, step back, 15-footer. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> Drive, step back, 15-footer. Oh my God. So you're saying you hadn't done this before, so you no, introduced no, no, no. it. And then I never he, done it. No, I know. So, you're, so, just, so it's the both of you saying, I've never done it. We just got this. The first hey, I've never done it. I knew it was like, for me, I knew that this was the right thing to do. It was here, step back, boom. Was, okay, let's take it back to 18 feet. Step back, boom. Let's take it back to 20. Step back, boom. And we can do it both sides and he could do it and he did it almost right away. And it became such a staple of your game, certainly your NBA game. Mm-hmm. It became such a staple because he had such great first step that he could, and they had to, when he had both knees at a hundred percent, he could drive and then they have to give him ground or he's going to beat him to the hoop. Mm-hmm. And then you can just step back and take a 17 footer or a 20 footer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, <laughs> You know, hey, I think, you know, like we first did that in the girls' gym. <laughs> the girls' gym. Yeah, I said, Jesus. And I said, I feel, I feel really, I'm, I'm, I, I had a part of that. Oh, that's a part of me. That's a part of what I couldn't do. <laughs> but he absorbed it so quick. Just like, just like your back cutting. You're the best back cutter I've ever seen. And your back cutting yeah. in the NBA was tremendous. <laughs> a great back cutter. You know, where he can plant the foot and go, and his head was perfectly still. And we have a lot of drills like that. But uh, and it was and a that came from that. Like, was a winning gym. Goal, you know, I'm guys. teaching my, my son that too. And I said, you know, as much as I scored with the ball, my biggest scoring attribute was off the ball. Off movement. the ball. Because off he the- was able to take a pick. He learned that really quick. Just a little move here yeah. and the little V cut here and be able to get real close, shoulder to shoulder, just like the, yeah. his fundamentals was pure. And he learned it so quick, but that back cut where they would start fighting, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, and then you just set him up and his feet were just, he's a dancer's legs, yeah. dancer's feet. And yeah, a lot of compliments here today. Yeah, that was <laughs> oh, but, but this is the way you, boom, and the angle. We're talking about angles. Uh, don't banana cut that. Yeah, don't don't banana cut. Foom. Foom. One line here, one line there. And uh, you, don't need, you don't need speed. You need good, quick feet. Mm-hmm. But if you have good, quick feet with the lateral movement that this guy uh, display, uh, displays all the time, unstoppable. And you put so much pressure on the back line, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden... Adair Levy is hitting the 16-footer yeah, yeah, on the yeah. outside because everybody's so concentrated on you. Yeah, as but soon as they, I see someone turn their head, just, just a, I'm gone. That's a, turn their head. As <laughs> soon as I see you turn see, your head. See, when, see what he just said here? Mm-hmm. See what he just said here? That's all, uh, so simple. It, it's what we talked about all mm-hmm. the time, you know? The, the, he, you can't, we used to talk about, you see, he, know, he, he understood this before he even explained it. You can't, the defender cannot recover until the head gets back into the center line, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So when Gilbert realized that the defender turned head, that this is when he could cut because no matter how quick that defender is, he cannot get back to center line and move. Mm -hmm. So he just said it right now. He just <laughs> said it right now. You watch the guy's head turn, and all of a sudden, I'm, he's off his line. Boom. Yeah. And that's how you do it. But and you can do it against everybody, including the, the top athlete in the world who's playing in the NBA. Yeah. You know, the, 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 it was easier for me to learn how to be defense because that's what you taught. So, you yeah. know, so while I'm processing what he's teaching me, I'm trying to process how to beat it also. So, you know, you know, so, okay, go, go, slide, slide, turn that hip, go, go. You know, that was our drills. Slide, slide, turn hip, go, go. It, it, not slide, it was big step, big, big step, step, big step, turn, turn. on a run, uh -huh. and then drive, drive that it, leg drive out. That it's leg just out. one turn. Mm -hmm. Just one turn. And that's all it takes. Yeah, so, I, so, I'm, so meanwhile, as an offensive player, I'm trying to learn how to beat that movement. Because if that movement is being taught by everyone, I need to be in front of it. So now I'm saying, all right, so when they move the hip, how much, you know, like, do they have control of their actual body? So that's when, when they decide to move the hip, that's when I can stop and so go the other not way. only is Gilbert <laughs> a savant when it comes to geometry of the game, He's a savant when it comes to the kinesiology of the game. He's talking about right now. You can hear the. This is this is why he became the supreme athlete. You can hear his thought process and his thought process. That it took us five years of kinesiology stuff at Northridge <laughs> to figure that kind of stuff out. Okay, where's the hip on this movement? Where's mm -hmm. the hip? And he's thinking about, okay, when that guy turns his head here, when that guy turns his hip there, he cannot get to here faster than me. I'm waiting for... He's and waiting. he was, meanwhile, 16 years old. He's yeah. 16 years but old. The other thing for you, too, the funny thing there is, you're, as a coach, you're teaching basketball <laughs> and you're focusing on defense. Mm -hmm. He's thinking, oh, I'm just going to take this as, and apply it to my offensive side. Well, of the I game. think all ball players do that. But to the high level... To this high not, intellectual not level. level? Yeah, you know, it, I don't know. It's just something, you know, something that, it was just something that was just. You're you know, filing away. I'm already just looking at, you know, just even when I got to Arizona, you know, um, you know, Ludolson saying something. I remember our, um, the rule was both guards are back. So both guards are back. So both guards are back. I mean, we used to, it, it used to be drilled. Two guards back, the three rebounds. Okay, but if if the ball has to be picked up too and Jason Gardner's back, how can Jason Gardner actually pick the ball up too? So that means he has to go back and then actually come back, which that's counterproductive. You know, so he has to stop the ball if there's a fast break, but then pick up the ball because he's the point guard. Hey, Jason, look, I'm going to go rebound. You get my man if he slips out. I'll just pick up the ball. I'm closer. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go offensive rebound anyway. And most of the time I got it. If I did it, before he gets the yell, I'm already on the ball. And then Jason will just switch when we get back there we, somewhere. We started, you know, it's amazing that he's talking about that. Yeah. Because as a coach, we're, I'm thinking, okay, he's got to be a point guard. And he's, but he's got to be back. You know, how are we going to put him in position to get the ball? So, 
let's switch this guy. Let's use the other guard. And, and, and then we could switch defensive assignments so later on mm-hmm. in, in, the, uh, in the sequence if we can, when we stop the ball. So, yeah. so, that's what I, so, so, so that's what I was used to. I was used to going to offensive rebound as the fourth person. If my man takes off, don't worry, you get him. I'll just pick the ball up right here. I, I can guard the guard. And that, and that became, that's easy. And then, so when I went to Arizona and Lute Olsen, like, what, what are you doing? Four, and I was like, no, Jason's going to get my man. I'm going to pick up the ball. And he's sitting there like. Yeah, why would Jason come all the way back and <laughs> right. pick up no, his it, man when I'm it already. It sounds simple the way you why say would Jason? Coaches... Why would Jason, he's the back guy. He's the guy that's safety right. valve. Mm-hmm. Why would he pick up the ball when I'm. Already, already there. I'm already, I'm 10 feet closer. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm only 10 feet closer, I'm already here. And then from there, it's like, okay, since he knows what he's doing, we're just not gonna. <laughs> well, I see, that's the whole point. And that's good coaching too, since he knows what he's doing. I think uh, what, what Arizona liked about us, when Rodney, Coach Rodney, mm-hmm. was, he, he was with us, what, two, three weeks almost yeah. the enti- every day in, <laughs> in preseason yeah. to watch to see if he had a coachable player and to make sure that you were on track of, with your studies and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, but Rodney will watch us practice for an hour a day. It was, it was before, uh, after school practice, mm-hmm. but we practiced during sixth period. And he saw exactly what we were doing, you know, yeah. with all the fundamentals. He said, oh, well, that 90% of this stuff is what we do at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rodney will show me a few things that we could uh, do to help you uh, transition to the Arizona type of game, mm-hmm. uh, but the baseline, like there are certain things along the baseline that uh, uh, that we we switched with you a little bit, and uh, but uh, but they saw that okay, we're teaching the game the way Lute is, is teaching it, mm-hmm. and and we are allowing our player to uh, giving our player the freedom to do some stuff that he feels that he can do. And I think that's the proper way to play. Yeah, like like when I when I was there, like we we we're on a group chat now and we talk about you know I wasn't even like I wasn't a number one option mm-hmm. or a number four option <laughs> because all I did was just like you don't need to call a play for me. I like I I know how to play without the ball. Just run your offense and trust me, the ball will find me. See, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not good. I'm not good X's and O's. Never have. I, I was not interested. To, to, to be truthful, you know, we'll set up a play here and there. But I'm not, I'm not interested. What I was interested in was having opportunities on the court from baseline to baseline. That, that, that our fast break, our transition into, into some kind of motion offense. You know, we'll run a different, sometimes a little different sets. And once in a while, we'll run a couple of different uh, uh, motions. But I wasn't interested in X's and O's. So ex- you're exactly right, Gil. There was, it, Gil was a number one option only because of his great talent. Mm-hmm. And you never thought of yourself as a number one option saying, I've got to have the ball every time. we got to get, yeah, it's good coaching. Gil's got to have a touch. And, <laughs> and if, if Gil's going without a touch, then there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's, my, that's a problem. But, but Gil's got to be the center of the wheel, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the number one option. He's the number one option because of the greatness that he was on the, on the basketball court. But you're exactly right. And the, it's a five-man game. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. 
And same reason when I'm with um, Eddie Jordan and the Princeton offense. And I'm just, I remember we kind of, because <laughs> I had, um, it was Eric Musselman. And then that's when Eric Musselman introduced me to one for flats. And then one for flat was like, it was like heaven to me. Like, wait a minute, with my one-on-one skills and the way I pattern, yeah. you're giving me this guy with everyone flat? Oh my and, God, and, he's and, and, luxury. And, and Gilbert, I, I, I've done this before. <laughs> yeah. I, we've done this before. It's a different name, but we've done yeah. this before. And then, and then I go to a Princeton offense, right? Where it's five men out, cutting back. You did, and, and that's what you learned. And then, and then what ends up happening is I'm looking at it because at first the way he's telling me it, it didn't process. So I was like, you know, just can you just give me your playbook? So he, so Eddie Jordan gave me his playbook for the summer, and then I'm looking through it, and I'm like, oh, this is easy. So I give him back the playbook with a little bit of changes, like you know, if I if you know I can post up, if this guy uh, denies that, I can just you throw the ball that way, I can turn around, easy basket. So I give him the playbook. He looks at it during training camp, inserts the plays, and then from our struggling first year. The second year, I'm an all-star, <laughs> all-star, all-star. All because of, just give me this. Let me, okay, twinkle that. This guy, you don't need this guy lifted here. You can back. And it became like, oh, this is an easy offense because I'm used to this movement already. And he's used to tweaking, which is what we had to do all the time. <laughs> all which the time. is what high school basketball, mm-hmm. at least in my experience of high school basketball, it's a constant tweak because we get different players. We're getting local players with different talent levels, with different quickness, and, and certainly not the talent that Gilbert displayed. And we have to tweak something, but we can tweak it within the system. Mm-hmm. And so Gilbert, he, this intuitive sense of how to do that, it's there. And that's why if Gilbert chooses to go into a different uh, avenue now in his life, he he might be a pretty damn good coach. Well, one thing I really loved about Gilbert as a player, and he had it in the NBA too, and uh, it's what I miss about the game. It's probably what you miss about it. He had just this pure joy of running up and down the court. This pure joy. And see, this is something that we shared that I think a lot of pure basketball players share. This pure joy. Uh, joy of being able to run and, and have your legs do things that you want them to do. And that was a, that, that was, that was a great feeling for me when I played and I played crappy, you know, I wasn't, but it was a great feeling for me. And he had it. He had this pure joy when he was on the court. And he had the, and he had it in the NBA too, which was really neat to see and fun to watch. And that's what I wanted him to hear was those years in the NBA, all the way from that first day in that meeting, when you watched him play, what was your reaction? What was well, going through your mind? I was very proud. I was very proud of the fact that he's doing the stuff that we helped <laughs> teach him, although he had it in him. I don't know how much teaching there was. He had it in him. It was there. He, he knew it. And, uh, but I was very proud of, of, of that. Um, and... Uh, and I was very, very happy. Uh, I got to see the 61 point. Wait, was it 60 or 61 points? Uh, 60. It's the 60 point game against, against you were there the at Lakers. Staples? Oh, yeah. Well, I, we, we went to all the games. Yeah, we went to all the games. I had, the, you know, Gilbert got us tickets for all the games. Mm-hmm. But this remarkable uh, 
NBA game that that he f- could play. Um, Did so, that game in particular that sort of bring back those flashbacks of playing against Crenshaw and those games where he went off? Uh, more so the games that he went off in games that we won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Like the 11th grade, uh, the, the Bell Jeff game. Well, Ruben Douglas, yeah. The, the, maybe the best game Grand High School has ever played. And and certainly, here's here's a guy, 11th grade, and he's just coming into his own as a player. And he's going against a pretty good ball club in Bell Jeff and a great player yeah. in, in Ruben, a great high school player. And we're playing him in a tournament. And... Uh, it, as a team, we we did everything right. We were perfect. I, I looked at that game again a month ago when I was redoing all the games for the mm-hmm. digital, and I said, geez, they're doing everything right. But he, here's a great thing about Gilbert. You broke their school record for points that day, the first time you broke it. Mm-hmm. He had 46. The same game he broke the school record in points he broke the school record in assists. Isn't that special <laughs> at that point, at that time? Isn't that mm-hmm. special? And he had a quad. He had something like 46, I think 14 assists, something like that. He had 10 steals. And uh, I think he had 13 rebounds. And this is the guy, this, so this guy ended up being, so he was the we number one. That's ridiculous. He we was the number 50. one guy in the area. Mm-hmm. So he is the, the megalodon of the area. I was behind him. So that was a, a matchup that everyone was waiting for and ended up being the guy that I took his position in Arizona. Well, <laughs> what, what happened was that, uh, it, so, you know, Rodney would tell me, Coach Rodney would tell me, says, you know, when we saw what he did, with Ruben, and Ruben's our number one guy. Ruben went to Arizona. Mm-hmm. When we saw what, we, what he did with Ruben, and uh, we remember that, and then we see what he's doing his senior year. It's just, yeah, he's, we want him, we want him playing, and he could, and he's going to beat Ruben out for a for a spot here on this team. Well, he told you that. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> see, I didn't know. I was just, I was just uh, headhunting. <laughs> no, he, no, they said that. He, yeah, I was just I was just headhunting. I went in there. You like, know, no, you know, Ruben was a fine ball player, but Ruben did not have the work ethic that you had as a basketball player, and and, and so they they liked that. And the fact that you were so young, mm-hmm. he was very young. He was only seventeen yeah. when you graduated. You just turned seventeen, yeah. so it, it, by right, he was one of these guys that went to first, went to kindergarten when you were four yeah. years old. By right. Gilbert could have had another year in high school. He should have. Well, in today's, in today's, <laughs> I could have played two, two more years. years. Yeah, How they're doing now? They're graduating at 19. He's, he's 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So uh, they said, well, he's going to, he's going to, uh, we think he's going to outplay Ruben eventually here. And the same thing that UCLA was telling me about uh, that, that they felt that you and Barron were, Kind of even up. They needed somebody to replace Baron, mm-hmm. and uh, he could be better than Baron. Uh, you don't know this probably, but the oh, UCLA yeah. and I went round and round for, for a couple of times on the phone. 
Oh yeah, that didn't. How'd, just, you, how'd you not know that? How would you not tell him? Because it, it, cause, <laughs> cause I knew he was going to Arizona. And was Arizona was number one at the time, and or number one or number two school in the nation. UCLA was not three, four, maybe something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, no, UCLA, we went round and round. Uh, uh, they, they he's got a 2.5, which is not a bad grade point average, 2.5 in his core class. Could have been better in geometry. Could have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it was great for me. Who, whole life was basketball. I just did enough. Two, was like he, two, point two, five, <laughs> two point five in core classes. Okay, you know when he Gilbert's never ineligible. He was and he very intelligent, so he can pull a grade when he needed to grade. Yeah, that's what I was uh, pulling when I need. How much I need? All right, I do. A yeah, little yeah, bit more yeah, in this yeah, class. yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds so, so he can do that. But you said eh, we want a two point seven in these core classes. And I said, well, what's the difference? And so at two point five, we're gonna have to give him some tutoring and he's kind of a mischievous type of kid and yeah. I said yeah but he's he's better than Baron Davis <laughs> and, and and so we went round and round three three different times mm-hmm. you know with the coaches and uh, uh, but I knew that Arizona had their hooks on you. That was funny because it was like I did just enough to like oh I need a two point what okay let me just uh, just give me the I'll take you a two point five <laughs> at that time to get into UCLA. Or, or to to get into state schools, mm-hmm. any of the schools in the state, to two point five, and uh, UCLA wanted their athletes at two point seven. Because I had to, what I had to go to, uh, I had to get honor classes to get extra credit because of my Did freshman. You? Yeah, I had to get on my senior. I had to do honor classes because remember I didn't have no interest. Uh, my freshman, remember I had all the bad grades. My freshman. Well, I don't remember the from, bad grades because I don't remember you didn't have any. Coming from you you know, coming from any, Birmingham, you didn't have any tremendously bad grades at Grant. No, no, that's at you. Birmingham because you gotta remember at Birmingham, I'm not playing basketball. I'm like, school is school is school, but none of that process to real life. So I'm not really into I it. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. I so when I came that. there, it was like, and then that's when like NBA. Well, NBA, what do I need? And then so it's like, oh, I got to take. So I had to take honor classes my senior year. Gilbert's saving grace <laughs> always was the fact that he could read. He could read on a on a on a pretty good level, uh, and and again, that's a natural thing. He could read, and you could you, you can compete when you had to compete in a classroom. You yeah. said, "Okay, I got to pull this. I got to I got to get this grade." So so that and plus, you know, he, he's such a good-hearted guy and a sweet kid, basically. That I think that saved you a lot, Gil. When when things got a little bit. Uh, would go wrong for you. Yeah, mischief. Like, as like, I don't, but it's I, like my I, jokester style was just sometimes I, I just this, over the top. I, over the top, far. Yeah. yeah. I would tell Lou, I would tell Coach Olson, because there was one time Coach called me. I don't know if you did, if I ever told you. It was before uh, you had the tremendous weekend against SC and UCLA here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when my you guys came year. here. I think it was your second year. So you were kind of, you were kind of a slump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you were you were hurt, and you know you're you're doing kind of your Gilbert powder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so Luke calls me up out of the blue. This is Coach Olson, mm-hmm. Coach, and I had not talked to him in a couple of years since he was recruiting you, but he calls me up, and he says, "What the hell am I supposed to do?" <laughs> he said it like that. What am I supposed to do with this guy? And he didn't have to mention your name. Mm-hmm. Because I knew, you know, we'd, we'd always talked, and I knew that you were having some problems at that time. And uh, I said, Coach, you got you to gotta discipline him. 
you got to do it with the, you got to be stern with them, but you got to do it with love and, and trust this coach, trust this, no matter what, Gilbert's going to do the right thing. You know, he'll be pouty for these couple of weeks, but he will come out of it because he does have a good heart. He does, he is a good person deep inside. He has a good heart. He's a good teammate. Just trust it. Trust that he will come out of it. And he said, and Lou said, the coach Wilson said, okay, okay. Uh, you know, you know him. You know him better than virtually anybody around here. So you know him, okay. And lo and behold, you came out of it. You came <laughs> out of it in a big way, in a big, big way. And, uh, you know, that's always been Gilbert's uh, almost fallback because he's such a good person. I don't know if it's just the mischief part. It was just, I don't know if it's just <laughs> exciting. Like, I remember, because um, it was around that time where Eugene Eggerson wanted to kill me for slash or letting all the air out of his tires. So I was still this, you know, this kid. You got to remember, you know, kid, I'm still trying to do kid things. You know, you got a junior in college and I'm letting his air out of his tires. Now he wants to kill me. I don't know how to process this. Is he really trying to kill me? Or is this like, like if he catches me, is he going to really beat me up? You know, so it's just like this whirlwind going, you know, and, you know, now you add Richard Jefferson, who's just like me, Luke Walton, um, you got Ricky Anderson, Jason Gardner. So you got a mischief group, yeah. but they know how to control it. Poor Luke, meanwhile, but right? That's what I said. They yeah. know how to control it. I didn't. Gilbert used to. <laughs> I didn't know how to. Okay, I think uh -oh. Luke's turned into a fine coach and uh, uh, always a good guy. But Gilbert would tell me about Luke, yeah, yeah, yeah. about stuff that he couldn't. I can't believe, coach. I can't believe that. What the? <laughs> I can't believe this. So, and and Luke would all, yeah, his voice. So when I would call up over there, you Gilbert, coach is on the line. Good Luke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this. Yeah, boys will be boys, as you would yeah, say. Yeah. Coach, all right, we got, we got this uh, part of the show that we always like to get to. We turn the tables on Gil, and you probably have a few things in mind. It's Ask Agent Zero time, something Ask you've always Agent wanted Zero. to pick his brain about. You know, we never, I never yelled at Gilbert. It was always uh, a talk. Uh, remember in, in the 11th grade, uh, after the season, and you were playing some all-star ball with Silmar and, mm -hmm. and we had the little talk before summer and yeah, I, I suspended you and all that stuff. You know, I, we never had an argument about that. We, we talked. Is that the one we, when I came in with the chain? I came in in the game. I came late. Is that when I came No, in? no. You were playing. We were just starting summer ball. You might have done that. You were just starting summer ball and you were playing an all-star. You were playing for Silmar. It was Ward on the... Uh, yeah, and you were playing for Silmar and, and I wasn't, and I, and wasn't going to allow that. I thought it was uh, uh, improper for a grand player to be playing for another team. Mm -hmm. And now they allow it, by the way. But the, <laughs> I was, And so we had a little talk. And, uh, and I said, if you play one more game, we're suspending you for the summer. I can't let you do this to the guys on the team. Uh, I, I can't let you do that. And so you played one more game. We suspended you for the summer. Remember how you would sit up in the stands by yourself? <laughs> yeah. You know, and we and, and everybody's felt so sorry for you. And I, I was kind of holding. Uh, but okay, if I were to ask something, you know, what was what was going through your mind at that time? Um, you know, you know, twenty years later, mm -hmm. Gil, it's a different time. Mm -hmm. 
And, and you probably wouldn't even be playing for Grant High School in 2020. But in those days, it was a different time and I could, I could put on that kind of discipline, mm -hmm. all right? What was going through your mind during that time? Okay, so that was the time where it was, um, you remember Devin Montgomery? Mm -hmm. So after the Crenshaw, everyone was like, who's the best player in the Valley? And uh, Montgomery is a great player. Great player. <laughs> so, great player. like from big size, big shoulders. Seventh grade, from seventh grade on, he used to just kick my ass. Just it was just, you know, he played for the Cavs, where you know my son plays now. You know, so they the, the system they ran just was overbearing for just me and you know Northridge Knights or my ARC team. So, but we didn't play against each other in high school. So the big thing was who's better you know now i'm six two he's still five eight so uh scoto uh, convinces my dad you know what we can have this war on the floor and my dad was like my dad was like okay what's the war on the floor so he tells me about it i was like i'm not interested i don't what do i care for i'm better look at my stats they're better so he was like well you guys he's playing in a different league you're playing a different league so the only way to really you know see who's better is this war on the floor is going to be a three-point shootout. It's going to be um, a dunk contest, one-on-one -on -one tournament, and then like this little all-star game. And then he said, you know, we can use the hype of saying you're going to transfer to Silmar to make it really big. So I'm like, well, all right, whatever. So go. I win a three-point contest. The Mike Gold was it Goldman Goldberg Goldberg from. Um, Calabasas Goldberg. Goldberg wins the dunk contest. And then we play in uh, the one-on-one. I end up beating Devin Montgomery. But the whole transfer was just hype for my senior year. And I felt that I, I had to uh, uh, put my foot down on that because team is everything. Team is everything. Mm -hmm. And I felt that it was going against the team. As good of a teammate as he was, I thought that that moment he was going against the team and, uh, and going against what we were trying to develop. Uh, so I put my foot down and I rolled the dice, knowing that we could lose <laughs> the greatest player ever to play in the Valley, the greatest player to ever play at Grand High School. I, 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 I rolled the dice. But again, I rolled the dice with trust that Gilbert's going to do the right thing. Yeah, because you got to remember at that time, you know, summer league and getting ready for my senior year, and I get suspended for the whole summer league. So it was like, well, well, you know, now players are like, well, f you, I'm, I'm going to go to summer. I was like, yeah. he had He had all his friends on the team, <laughs> so he felt really bad, and we knew that, and I felt that all the way through. I felt that. So then finally, uh, late August, mm -hmm. your dad calls me up, and I had always talked to your dad. Your dad calls me and says, let's have lunch. So finally in August, uh, before school opens up, uh, we had lunch. And it was just uh, myself and, and Gil Sr. And so I said, okay, Gil's coming back. And, and you had some problems at the beginning of this, that semester. You definitely had some problems. Starting school? Yeah, you, you know, that's when you had the problem with the ninth grader. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah that. that was... So you had problems. And, and, what is that and, and, well, Ninth grader challenged me. Thing. You know, you know challenged me. You Gilbert, know. Gilbert was at the point where he was pretty popular, big man on campus, mm -hmm. kind of a goofball, but big man on campus. And, and so people would think, hey, let's, let's see what you really got. <laughs> you to a fight? And, and 
you know, he's still young, as mature as he was on the basketball court. Are you not court. a fighter? No. No, no, no. <laughs> no. As, 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 as mature as he was on the basketball court, he could have been more mature off the court. Yeah, I was, and, and so, I was 12 so, off the so, court. So, so he'd have guys to challenge him. And this little ninth grader challenged him. And, and Gilbert took him up on the challenge. And Rodney, oh, Arizona was, they were pissed off. They were said, we can't have this. And I don't know what happened there. In fact, there's another question. Did Arizona come to you? Because there was a change after that. Did Arizona come to you and say, we're, we're gonna renege this, this scholarship if you don't straighten up? Did they come to you at any time I don't, I don't think so. Because the official signing of the scholarship was like November, uh -huh. okay, just before practice would start, or maybe the first week of practice. The official signing of the scholarship would be around that. That's a signing date. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about September and October, first 10 weeks of the semester. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Gilbert's a little bit in, getting in trouble, uh, a little bit outside of basketball court. And uh, Arizona's getting ticked off, Rodney calls me up and said, what the hell is going on? I'm is coming that when I'm say, that's when Rodney comes in. Oh, yeah. Rodney says, I'm coming in. Yeah. I'm gonna spend two weeks with you. Is that, did I break my hand after that too? I don't remember you breaking your hand. You, you, you fractured it right before, I remember playing at Venice Beach. Yeah. You, you fractured it, but you played through it. Yeah, I cut it off right, bef like right before okay. we actually okay. started. Okay, now, yeah. now I remember. Yeah, yeah, cut it off. But you were doing all the running with us uh -huh. and all that stuff. Yeah, so all that was just happening. And then, you know, um, I remember it was the fight with the back. Because you got to remember, we can process because it's the only fight. So, so, so the question is, did Arizona come to you? Did, Rod did Coach Rodney come so. to you and I think, say, I, 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 this I is think it. he did, yeah. We can't have this. This is the kind of program we run. We cannot have this kind of publicity so. for one of our, yeah. one of our incoming star players no i think yeah, i think like I, said, I think i think rodney did come in and say something like you know we're gonna pull it's He's not a happy. good man rodney yeah you know we're gonna pull it we can't happen you know this can't happen if you get in trouble one more time it was one yeah, of those, yeah. They, yeah so that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another question that <laughs> yeah yeah it was one of those it was one of those because it was like you know now this is real you know um never you know never got in a fight in school you know never had problems with anyone and it just this one was just irritating. All, it was, all of a sudden, it was every day. All of a, yeah. all of a sudden, uh, Gilbert and, and, and this little ninth grader, I don't even remember the, what the kid looks like. They're, they're at the corner little of Burbank. Little white kid with the ponytail. They're at the corner of, the corner of Burbank <laughs> and Coldwater. Mm -hmm. I don't know about it. I didn't see it, but the kids are telling me, yeah, Gilbert and this guy, they're, they're, they're doing chest to chest <laughs> stuff at, at Burbank and Coldwater. Mm -hmm. You know, it's outside the campus, yeah, yeah. but still, then <laughs> oh, Gilbert, you're yeah. a 12th grader, you're a star basketball player, and you're getting involved with the little. It was because it was one of those. It was every single day, he just challenged every single day. And you know, was like, people what the hell would, was wrong with him. You know, Gilbert was pretty unassuming, but referees used to get. There was there are a couple of referees that were pissed at you. Yeah, because. Uh, um, Black referees, a couple of the older black referees thought that he would, that Gilbert was some young uppity mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and who, was, who was way out of bounds. And, and they would call stuff against you for that. I felt, yeah. I felt, you, didn't, you never said anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I would argue and say, says, why, are you do, why are you making that call? Says, well, I just don't like the way you. And it says, what do you, what do you got against the kid? And it was, it was the older guys, who thought that 
he's eh, a young whippersnapper. I'm going to teach him something. I'm going to teach him a lesson. I, I don't know if it was like they thought I was going to go back at him or yell, and they can give me a tag. Yeah, they, it, I, I thought they, they were they were trying to bait me to get tagged. And then like, they, they would see this euro move and say, "Oh, well, I, they, hey, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. hey, hey, that's probably that's that's got to be something." That's what I said. Like it's it's crazy how I am now versus high school. I was quiet. I didn't you know? I didn't say much. You know, I when didn't. you coach now, Gil, are you? Uh, when you coach the uh, the AAU stuff, are you on the verge of doing any yelling, or you're you don't, you're not that so, type? Okay, so for video, mm, I did mm, yelling, mm. but like right this. now, while I'm coaching right now, I don't say anything. Like we got to remember, I, well, there's a difference. Was, I was saying, you weren't you weren't yelling at them just to be a distraction. You were yelling to get their attention. Yeah, but that and was not a we bad were, thing. We were filming there, there, then, there, so I'm trying. There's to get something it. that uh, I was always. Um, yeah, I did a lot of yelling. I was I was not shy. There's no doubt about that. And then I was competing, and maybe I was frustrated that I couldn't be playing out there too, especially in the younger days. Mm-hmm. I was, and I was frustrated towards the end because I was grinding, winning, uh, winning games. I was grinding. Maybe that's why I gave it up a little bit. I was grinding. The the, uh, the, the losses became a lot more hurtful than the joy of winning. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the one thing that I was really mindful about that uh, that really helped. I never, I never yelled at, I never took anything out on Gilbert, but I would never really go after an individual. I would go after the team, team. Mm-hmm. but I would never go after an individual. And, and, they, and the guys tell me that now. They say, you never, you did a lot of yelling, but you didn't go after us individually. And I think that if I were to give you some advice, if you're gonna go into this thing, it's the same thing I tell Tariq all the time, and Tariq understands this fully. Uh, our new coach at Grand High School is one of our ball players, friend of Gilbert's. Uh, when the team does well, it's the team. Mm-hmm. It's because of them. It's because of the kids. It's because of the, the great play. When the team does poorly, it's because of the coach. Mm-hmm. I'll take the blame. It's kind of like uh, uh, what the Clippers coach did. Doc, uh, Rivers. Doc, Rivers? Doc Rivers did. It's it's on me. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers did that a couple mm-hmm. of times last night. It's on me. I think that's the proper way of doing it. Yeah, I, like I, I tell kids, like as um, before I even decided I was going to coach, I said never listen to the the tone. Always listen to the message because I said the tone comes from competitive. Yeah. You know, like when a coach is yelling, it's it's that's the competitive of yeah. competitor coming out. So yeah. don't listen to the tone of it because the competitor's there. Listen to what he's actually trying to say. So tune out the value and listen to the message I think, I think, so you don't get emotionally, I think, you know. I think most of us at Grant, I think you, most of you guys, knock on wood, understood that. Yeah, we understood that, yeah. You understood that right away because you understood what was going on two hours a day in practice mm-hmm. with how we... How we did things. Yeah. It was just the game, the game, the game, Howie. <laughs> you know, but that was, you know, that's, but that was a lot of coaches. You know, that's a lot of coaches. Like, you know, I remember Stan Van Gundy, you know, so this is, you know, after I get in trouble, I'm going, you know, to Orlando and I watch, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I watch. So I'm watching how Stan interacts with the guys, laughing, joking, you know, this guy, I'm like, oh, he's, you know, he's a nice he's guy. A normal dude. And then, you know, they had this, it was always a time, a, a ticker. Uh, countdown before practice starts. You know, everyone's shooting. He's, you know, with the guys laughing. They're joking, talking about the golf swings. He's working on his moves. And when that, when it hit zero, oh my God! I think that, that man turned 
<laughs> I think we were a lot like that. <laughs> no, no. I only, only, only the turn on part, but the, the Stan's only problem as a coach was he wasn't a people's person. Uh, like he didn't know how to. When it came to coaching, everything else. No, 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 no. See, I, I think he was a he was a basketball player that understood basketball people. Outside of the gym, mm. there's no personality. And I think you know we we can wrap on this and exactly where you just were there. Their coaches, the relationships that we build. Basketball is is a common bond. You develop friendships. You develop. You, you, you know, still do the stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd been working for the Dodgers since I was 17 years old, so I would still do it if we had a mm-hmm. season. Uh-huh. You know, uh, if we had fans, I would still be doing that. Um, you know, you you I'm, you didn't you've never been to the stadium, no. have you? No. Why? Dodger stadium? Baseball. Why? Why did I never take you to the stadium? <laughs> because I only wanted basketball. I just it was just basketball. Like he was like, yeah, you know, going to the Dodger Stadium, you want tickets? Just gonna sit around the gym all day. Like it was, it was just one of those things. Like even with golf and the the, the players, uh, like I remember when I got to the NBA and the older players were like, "All right, after practice, we're gonna go golfing." I don't want to golf. I'm a basketball player. I don't want to. I don't want to be Tiger Woods. You know, I'm, I need to watch this film. I'm trying to get on the court. I, you know, and it was just one of those. It's just my brain just processed. I'll, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a laugh. You know who wants to play golf now? Tariq. Oh, is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now it's it's retirement life. So these are all the things. That but even retirement to. life, I just like like I was. I keep telling myself, you know what? Everyone plays golf. This well, must be Gilbert something. would be frustrated at first. You know, if he gets into it, he'll work towards playing a lot better. Yeah. And uh, but he'll be frustrated because he's he's got a high level. And of that's what I think. I think that's what I'm afraid of. That because I know I'm not going to be good at first, I'm going to run down that rabbit hole. And then I'm just gonna just only wanna like what is golf? Now I gotta go back to Tiger Woods when he was little. Like I don't want to not want to do that. So there you go. There's the life. <laughs> I don't know. I do not want to run down that rabbit coach, hole. He could be equal to you. He'll be a golfer. He'll be coaching a team and <laughs> equal you guys to me. Be the no, no, I, no. He's he's way above where I'm at. Well, we know we and think the same of, of you. So oh, I'm really proud of that. Thanks for coming off the golf course to come and do this for today. <laughs> there you go, Gil. You got a new hobby. <laughs> but you are, you're a Lancer for life. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. So. Oh, yeah. And we're proud of that. Absolutely. We're very, we're very school. proud of that. The two guys that put it on the map. No. <laughs> you no, won't no, say no. it. I know no, you won't no, say no, it, there, but there, I'm, I'm saying it for you. There's 27 years of the former coach, and and there's the new coach, Tariq Abdassamia, who's one of our ballplayers mm-hmm. and good friend of, of Gilbert's. Uh, There's a lot of people over the years, yeah. and then you guys are part of, you know, obviously the, the legacy. So, Coach, thank you for coming on. It's my pleasure. My pleasure always. Always. I love this guy. <laughs> we could tell. I, I love him. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you. For Gilbert Arenas, Grant High School, class of 2000. 2000. 99, man. I'm 99. 99. Nine, class 99. of 99. <laughs> 99. I'm Mike Botticello. Remember, you can catch... No Chill with Gilbert Arenas every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fubo Sports Network. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.